Welcome to Solutions for Higher Education, a podcast by Scott L. Wyatt, President of Southern Utah University in Cedar City, Utah. To subscribe to this podcast, please visit www.suu.edu forward slash President's Podcast, where you will find both the audio and a written transcript for today's podcast. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to Solutions for Higher Education, a podcast featuring Scott L. Wyatt, the president of Southern Utah University in Cedar City, Utah. I'm your host, Steve Meredith, and I'm joined today, as I always am, by Scott. How are you, President? Terrific, Steve. How are you? I'm great. It's another beautiful fall day in Cedar City. Good to be in Cedar. I've got uh, um, one of my favorite things. I sometimes say this when people ask me, who are my favorite guests? And I, I, I love all of our guests, and we love so much that they are willing to volunteer their time uh, to join us by phone or in studio. But some of my favorite discussions are those like today, where it's just you and me. And we're going to just talk about uh, a, an area of higher education that's of particular interest to us, and that is the cost of higher education and how we can keep those costs down. One of our one of our leading values here is to make sure that education is accessible and affordable so that students can come and they can complete and move on with their life goals. Um, access and affordability and lead to completions with a high quality degree. That's right, right there at the top. Have an amazing experience, but one that's affordable. Um, and um, we have about 11,000 students. Uh, 91% of them are taking face-to-face on-ground programs, and 9% of them are online. Online only. And then, online only. And then there's a much larger bunch that are combining the two. Yeah. Right? A lot of our students are taking both. About 30%. We've been doing online for a number of years, but in the last couple of years, we've been focusing on this um, with a leading goal of providing a high-quality education to all the people in our communities and in the world generally that that simply can't afford to quit their job and come to school or can't afford to move to campus. And some of these students are single moms waiting tables in a small town, trying to find a way how to uh, put food on the table for their own kids or mid-career individuals who want to advance their career, but they can't advance it because they can't leave their career to to finish a degree. Utah ranks um, right at the top of the list for the percentage of its population that has some college but no degree. It just started and life happened and quit for one reason or another and then no idea how to get back. And and are place-bound for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And so to go back in the traditional sense is not a reasonable expectation. And honestly, you know, if you're 35 years old, you may feel uncomfortable sitting in a room with a bunch of 18, 18 19-year-olds. So even if you could come back, which most cannot uh, in that kind of situation, you may opt not to just because 
online education gives you that flexibility, uh, whether you're place bound uh, or or not, to not only work it around your schedule, but also to um, avoid. Uh, to uh, that's the wrong way to say it, but to to have the the same educational experience without having to be in the large classroom setting. So there, there are a number of people. You know, I have we we have some social anxiety issues in our um, uh, family line, and so online education is great for people that that may even be of normal college age, but but struggle to yeah they they struggle in a big room full of people and even at SUU where our rooms are not that big and the group of people is not that big um, there there are lots of reasons that it's right to increase accessibility there's there's really two reasons why a university would expand online and the one reason is what we've described which right. is how do we reach out and let other people come in and get a degree, a ticket, so they can advance their lives? Another reason is, and um, as we have talked, Steve, as we've talked with universities around the country, um, it's apparent that many of them are expanding online because they're trying to generate revenue. So they it's can a new afford market. to... Yeah, it's a new market. We're expanding right. into new markets. We're going to... We're going to get this revenue. It's going to help um, build stronger face-to-face programs, or it's going to make us more stable as an organization. It's the, uh, for many universities, it's a financial motivation. Um, and um, frankly, as SUU continues to grow and we gain economies of scale, uh, there is a financial benefit to us. We are financially more stable as we get larger. Right. But it's but that's not the driving motive. Um, the driving motive is is access and affordability, helping people um, move up. And and as we have been talking about uh, online, we've discovered that there are some challenges for online students to get in and get a degree. And one of those is cost. And right. The cost is, it took a while to really figure this out because we hadn't, I mean, I hadn't really thought about it. Right. The typical face-to-face student, uh, they, not only are they different groups of people that we're talking about really here, but but they exhibit different characteristics. Typical face-to-face student will take 12 hours on or average. At least. Yeah. And, and... Part of that is because there are, you know, financial aid stipulations and other things that, uh, but part of it is this thing that we've always had, this plateaued tuition. And and I don't know if our, a lot of our listeners know what that is, but. If they went to college, they probably experienced they probably it. But, but the term plateau, so the, the thought is that if you are a student um, we would like to motivate you to get through and get your degree done. And uh, in order to motivate students to get in and get it done, um, we create a, tradi- a, a tuition schedule that incentivizes larger class schedules. Um, and even for students that we have typically thought weren't quite prepared to study at a university, 
the data suggests that for all of these students, if they'll take 15 credits, they're going to do better. That's right. Um, some academic advisors used to say, you know what, you're brand new into college, let's start you out with 10 or 12 credits so you can ease into it. But students who come to college and immediately jump in and take 15 credits are going to be more successful, regardless of their level of preparation. Um, there's just something about being fully engaged, not partly engaged. That's right. So we have, um, if a student comes and signs up for one class, it's kind of expensive. And then if they take a second class, the cost of the second class is less than the cost of the first, so the costs are starting to drop. But we front load. We front load the first yeah. class. Yeah, the tuition. And then the third class, and by the time they get to 12 credits, then we say, um, your next couple classes are free. Uh, there's no additional charge because we're trying to incentivize you to take a full load. Um, well, the first class is expensive, the second class not quite, the third class less, the fourth class is free. Well, how does that impact um, a face-to-face -face student? Well, for the most part, face-to-face -face students can choose whether to take a lot of classes or a small number. So it's, uh, it's fair for them and a great motivator. But how does that impact online students? And um, in this new world that we all live in, we have a tremendous amount of data, and it's easy to analyze all these things. But it was only in the last um, year that we really discovered exactly how this was impacting our online students. We, we had all the anecdotal information. So of our online students, it turns out that 94% of them are part-time. And they're part-time because they have to be part-time. That's right. It's not a choice. That's right. And if we have some tuition schedule that's designed to motivate them to become full-time, they still can't become full-time. It's just not possible. So they're going to pay all those front-loaded costs and never get to the benefit of the plateau. Right. So we went back and said, okay, well, what are our online students doing? As it turns out, the largest group of online students are taking 12 credits per semester. And at 12 credits per semester, they're in this expensive pre-plateau phase. Um, and so we made a decision that we were going to change this plateau for these online students. But this kind of illustrates the problem, Steve, and you and I have been in the throes of this for a long time. So if a student, um, a face-to-face -face student, and the cost of tuition here has always been the same for both, if you take tuition and fees, everything together, a student who is taking seven credits is going to pay $2,500. A student who increases the number of credits from seven to 15 is going to pay about three and a half thousand dollars. Wow. So it's actually only So you get double the credit for you get just more another than thousand bucks, yeah. For about another thousand dollars. Wow. Um, well, if a student and so then here's our here's our play out of the numbers and, and um, 
we're just taking a hypothetical two students. The hypothetical full-time face-to-face student shows up. It takes 120 credits to graduate. If that student takes 15 credits per semester over four years, that student is going to end up paying $29,000 tuition and fees. We're not counting inflation. It's just $29,000 to get a bachelor's degree. Then if we take the uh, hypothetical average online student, this is a student who is taking seven credits because that's all she can take. She's going to take 17 semesters to finish from start to finish. Wow. And at $2,500 per semester, um, she's going to end up paying $43,000. So the cost difference... About $14,000. About $14,000. It's a 48% increase in cost. And it's actually more than that because inflation kicks in and your income potential stays low longer. Um, but but it's going to cost more than 50% more for an online student. So, so as we've looked at these universities that you've suggested where we say, yeah, our students are paying tuition, they're paying the same rate whether they are paying online or face-to-face or attending online or face-to-face. The truth is, though, that the face-to-face students are, in fact, being subsidized more than likely by... Online the students. online students, because the online students, because of who they are demographically, are taking longer because they can only take a limited number of classes per semester. And so factored out over the number of semesters, it's going to cost them significantly more. And that money is coming to the university. And and the universities have been quite candid in saying that we, we use this to support our face-to-face instruction. We use this to support the on-campus model. Yeah, and sometimes the reason for that is to convince the face-to-face faculty and staff that online's okay because we're going to help make your life better. Right, and and it does. Uh, There's no question that, that expanding into online education does support face-to-face stuff. Now, the question that we had was, is it fair to have it so heavy. Yeah, subsidize yeah. it that heavily, right? Yeah. It, regardless of what we charge, the larger we grow, we gain on economies of scale. And financially, it's good for the university to, um, to grow. So growing online, growing face-to-face, either one helps every aspect of the university. Right. If we doubled enrollments, we don't need two presidents. It doesn't cost twice as much to have a president's office. If we double enrollments, it doesn't cost twice as much to have uh, to, to mow the lawns. It doesn't cost twice as much to, to do um, alumni relations and fundraising and all these things. Budgetary audit. And we gain so economies of scale like any other business does. Right. Well, so we've We've gone back in, and this year, um, this semester is the first, is the last, it's the last semester that our online-only students will be paying the same tuition schedule as our face-to-face. Beginning in January um, of 2020, we have a completely different schedule. A different tuition schedule. Yeah, and our online students... students will be paying a linear schedule 
that moves up to a certain level, and then there's a plateau above that. But it's not front-loaded with But it's not front-loaded. Yeah, it's just if you can take another class, it's free. But we've taken all of our tuition, all of the fees. This is course fees, program fees, tuition, all of these different costs. Everything but books. We just added it up, put it together, and said, for an online student, undergraduate, the cost is $300 per credit. It's just $300 per credit. And if a student is um, taking one class, that means that one class for the online student is $305 less than one class is for a face-to-face student. And circling back to our example that we used before, the student that's taking seven hours versus the student that's taking 15. The student that's taking seven hours. It's 2100 bucks instead of you, what yeah. was 2500 at $300 a credit for the online student versus the plateau tuition that we've got for an online student um, taking seven credits, that student is going to pay $453 less. It's a substantial reduction in cost. Yeah. Factored especially over 17 semesters. Times that out over 17 semesters. Yeah. Yep. Now That's you're talking money. money. Um Anyway, one of the one of the great benefits of this too is is that now, when a student signs up, the student knows exactly what the cost is. There's no, this is the tuition. Well, how many? How much money do I have to pay in fees? And then, uh, what are these lab fees or whatever else? It's just all one one cost. Well, we've said this before. Um, this 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 may harken back to the. Uh, Great Recession, but students that are coming to the university now have a different set of expectations from the university. Many are the same as they have been in previous generations, but one that is, um, again, I think because of the Great Recession where people saw um, that, that student loan debt was really weighing people down and, and that that uh, can't be discharged in bankruptcy, in spite of the fact that a lot of people went bankrupt and, and other things. They, they are really looking at the cost of higher education and saying, I want a return on my investment that makes sense. And so us changing this tuition rate is part of a larger strategy, a larger initiative that you've been leading here at the university to keep costs down because the expectation of our students is not only will they have a great experience, but they are not going to go into lifetime crippling debt to get it, right? Right. And so for the first time in, I think you said something like 40 years, SUU this past year did not raise tuition or fees at all. On any student. On any student. So So coupled with lowering the tuition rate for online students and holding the line for face-to-face students, we're actually making a concerted effort at maintaining affordability, increasing accessibility and maintaining affordability as best we can. Um, And as you're talking about um, student debt and tuition costs and all of that, it's interesting that just um, this month, U.S. News and World Report released 
um, its rankings of universities based on student debt. And Southern uh-huh. Utah University is ranked seventh wow. lowest in the country and second in the West for the lowest student debt among all regional universities. It's pretty, That's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. The median debt of, a U, of an SUU student upon graduation is only $11,000. Um, nationwide, it's $37,000. So while we're trying to keep the cost down, um, we're also helping our students avoid debt. That's right. Which starts them out in their careers in a much better place. $11,000 in student loan debt is not a bad investment in a person's no, life. No, no kidding. We've talked about that before. Yeah, return on investment. Even if, even if you took out student loans for your entire time, it's still a good investment because SU's tuition is low. But if our average student is graduating with just $11,000 in debt, that's enormous upside. Yep. The average income with a bachelor's degree per year is more than $11,000 in excess of the average salary for a person with just a high school diploma. So it's great investment. And, um, and we think that, that this... This holding the line on costs is is going to be important for higher education generally moving forward because one of the you know as 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 higher education has taken a little bit of a black eye, one of the things that we've taken a black eye about is that we've we've ridden the the student loan money train to just raise costs all out of proportion to really any sort of uh, yeah. economic thing that you would tie to, uh, you know, a cost increase. It's just been outrageous. A lot of universities have that as their strategy. That the, the, absolutely. I can raise tuition. The federal government will pay for that tuition through student loans. That's right. It's clear we're not following that strategy. And it's also clear that that strategy is ultimately not sustainable. <laughs> That's right. right. I mean, we've, we've started to see... Yeah. Uh, the closure of the small colleges now, and our our concern is that it will that, that contagion will spread, and part of it is because of that business model. In fact, one of my favorite anecdotes about this whole thing is when we went to to change the tuition for online students. I want to be clear about the fact that we were lowering the tuition. The uh, uh, governing body said, "Well, you." Um, I th- we think you have to go through, uh, there's a process of, uh, we go through for, <laughs> called truth and tuition hearings. We think you have to do that. And we said, no, we we don't because that's, whenever we talk about tuition changes, it's always raise tuition. And so, it, and it's right and, and correct that we should have hearings and we should do all those things. But we're not talking about raising tuition. We're talking about lowering Tuition, and there's no student in the world who would need to have a hearing about whether or not they would pay less. Lowering their costs, right? And and so that was one of my favorite parts of this process was people kept asking us, "Did you go through the process? Do we need to go through this process?" And we kept saying, "No, we really don't," because when we talk about tuition, we only talk about one direction, and it's up, and we're going down. Yeah. So the truth and tuition hearings that are required in Utah, and they're, uh, I think, common across the country, 
we have to have a hearing. We have to explain how much we're increasing tuition. We have to explain the efforts we have taken to avoid the tuition increase. That's right. We have to explain where we're spending the revenue that we're generating from the tuition increase. We have to allow students to give input back. And um, none of those things make any sense they, when you're reducing tuition. That's right. They just they don't We just sense. said there's no point in having that meeting. <laughs> none of that is going to take place. And I haven't had a complaint from anybody yet. That's right. Almost nobody complains about paying less. Yeah, I, I haven't met product. anybody yet. That's right. Uh, anyway, that's our, that's our strategy. Our strategy is that we're trying to grow our online programs. We're partnering with others to help us, and we'll be talking about uh, that in the future, won't we? Yeah, and, and so I'm going to put you on the spot just a little bit here. You mentioned 90-10, sort of where we are right now in terms of face-to-face, and we both admit there's a 30% uh, tweener sort of uh, group in there where students are doing both face-to-face and online. But we have about 10% online students now. What would what would you imagine in the next five years, let's say, uh, by 2025 maybe? What what would our percentage look like? Oh, uh, it's hard to predict. We've And we've batted these numbers around a lot, haven't we? We have. That's why I'm putting you on the spot. We've, yeah, I think the more we put a fine pencil to this, the more we would say... Um, you know, 2025, 2026, what are we going to look like in seven or eight years from now? Um, we're probably going to be, I don't know. Is it 70, 12, 30 or 12, 75, 25? Or? Yeah, 12, 12 or 13,000, 12 or 13,000 students face-to-face and seven or 8,000 students online. Huh? We'll, we'll continue to be... So 60, 40 Yeah, something yeah. like that. We'll continue to be primarily a face-to-face school. But, right, of course. But we want to do our part in helping those students that can't come to get all the same opportunities and privileges that students who can come get. I've shared uh, some of the stories from students in my online program, and one of the great blessings, and I don't use that term loosely, one of the great blessings for students to come to SUU online is that it doesn't matter where you live. You pay state of Utah tuition to come here. And, and so our out of rate. St- that's right. It's one rate. And so I have, I have, I have become a conquering hero to almost every place in the country that I go and uh, travel to or go on a vacation to, because there's always somebody there that has been in my program that wants to take me to lunch and shake my hand and say thanks so much and thanks for getting us through in a year and thanks for keeping the cost low. It would have cost me three times this to to you know, to do this program elsewhere or it's not available elsewhere and so forth. And so so online education at SUU, which just turned into an even better value, is really a terrific value. value. It really is. Yeah, and, and uh, in Utah, all of the universities, the, the state universities, have in-state tuition during summer semesters. So we, we see a lot of it. And, and it helps us. It helps it us tremendously yeah. because it helps us build us to scale in the summer so that we can have, um, for the face-to-face students in the summer, to have a bunch of out-of-state students come, um, it helps build enough mass that we can have... Um, really good programs in the summer as well. Anyway, that's our, um, that's what we're going to see here beginning in January. 
is a significant reduction in cost for our online students. And you mentioned that this is good for any student in-state, out-of-state. What we understand, though, and what we'll talk about, um, I think, next week, yep. is that um, most students who do online do it with a school that's close. So we think that most of our online students will be in-state students, but certainly not all of them. We're, we're probably 70% of our face-to-face students are Utah students, and 30% are not. We're getting close to 10% of our students being international students. Wow. Probably. I'm surprised by that number. Probably, I didn't realize it was that high. Yeah, probably. Well, it's really close that 10% of our on ground, face to face students who are living in Cedar City, it's getting close to 10% being international students. Quality, accessibility, and affordability. Yeah, and they make our world so much better they do that uh, having it it, it, it brings people to yeah. southern utah yeah and we think we're doing our part for improving the whole world, world peace. Our little one that's right you've been listening to solutions for higher education a podcast featuring scott l wyatt the president of southern utah university in cedar city utah Today we've been discussing the cost of higher education and SUU's efforts to control those costs and help our students graduate more quickly and less expensively. As always, we appreciate you, our valued listeners, for tuning in. We'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Solutions for Higher Education. To subscribe to this podcast, please visit www.suu.edu forward slash President's Podcast, where you will find both the audio and a written transcript of today's podcast. The original music for this podcast was composed by Jack Barton, a master's degree student in music technology at SUU. For more information about Southern Utah University, please visit www.suu.edu.